I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Uh, today I am here with Jesse Fuchsia. Jesse um, is a was a early guest on the podcast. Uh, I think it was number five. Um, so so long ago now it seems, but um, I am extremely excited to talk to you again, Jesse, to have you back on the podcast. So thank you for taking the time out today. Yeah, Jason, same to you. And when I look at how many people have been on since like episode five or, or whatever it was, it's like um, some of the greatest people in the industry and probably people I'm not sure I deserve to be on the same stage with, but it's just so powerful and how uh, you've grown this platform and how it's helped so many people out there. It's it's amazing. And, and I love you know, the reason behind this podcast and everything you started it for, brother. So it's a privilege to come back on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I thank you for being willing to come on when it was <laughs> in the early stages and uh, come on and, and share your story. Um, but it's been almost really thinking about it, it's been almost two years. Why don't you give us a little bit of just for the people listening and, and for people who do listen, you know, definitely go back and listen to uh, Jesse's initial episode. And, and please forgive me, I think I've come a long way in terms of being able to host. But uh, yeah, th that one might be hard to listen to on, on my end. So um, anyway, Jesse, tell tell people, you know, kind of a little bit about yourself. And, and uh, we'll, we'll dive into kind of what you've been up to more recently as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, very nice to uh, to meet all all your new listeners, your thousands of listeners that have come on since episode five. You know, my name is Jesse Fuchsia. I, I uh, born and raised in upstate New York, um, grew up there. I went to school up there. I am um, actually commissioned into the U.S. Army uh, through Army ROTC out there through a state school and um, pursued a career throughout the Army. Um, I got into real estate actually when I was in college going to school up there. My father and I bought my college house together. We had no experience at all in real estate. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, you know, he's a first generation real estate investor. I'm a first or second or whatever, but we had no experience or, or whatsoever. And then we went on to scale that portfolio to today. It's one of the largest student housing portfolios in upstate New York that we rent to college kids. That's very successful, very profitable, and and kind of was the launch pad for bigger and bigger projects. Um, once I completed kind of that venture with my father, we started pursuing other opportunities. Um, I found the world of syndication and how we could buy and, and do larger and larger pro uh, projects. Um, since then, just last fall, I closed on a 150-unit uh, self-storage facility right outside Spokane, Washington. We we love storage. We love boat and RV storage specifically, which this one is, and all the amazing, great opportunities uh, in that. And then just last month, I co-GP'd and closed on an 83-unit 80, uh, RV and mobile home park in South Georgia. Um We've got several other opportunities, you know, coming here in the pipeline this year. Obviously, 2023 is, uh, you know, giving people a lot of, 
you know, anxiety and whatnot, but we're just staying true to our values and, um, you know, very conservative and finding the waiting for the right opportunity, analyzing for the right opportunity and um, how critical that is. But uh, what, you know, what we're really going to kind of dive into today and, and where my kind of LinkedIn journey, I think what's going to be so highly applicable to uh, many of your listeners, Jason, and so many other people out there is when I first made that pivot into syndication, probably 18 months ago, I, I started the journey, I would say. I started researching it and whatnot. Um, I began to see the power of social media when it came to like, hey, raising capital and meeting new investors and networking and whatnot. And I obviously everyone knows, a lot of people know the platform of LinkedIn. A lot of people view it as like a um find a job platform and a like, Hey, here's my resume type platform. But I didn't really see too many people leveraging it and like providing content to people in like educating investors and attracting investors and whatnot. So I would say about 18 months ago, I started just, Hey, I'm going to start writing on LinkedIn once a day. Writing has kind of always been a passion of mine and, and something I enjoyed. So it was like a good outlet anyways, from like a mental health, like perspective and stuff like that, which was really positive. Um, you know, no real like traction or anything like that in the beginning. Um, I I think I had like a couple hundred followers or something like 18 months ago and um, slowly kept working at it, kept getting better, kept getting better. And then honestly, you know, made the pivot probably like six months ago or six to 12 months ago where I really kind of started getting serious traction and went from, you know, a thousand to almost 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. And, and now my content gets viewed anywhere from 50 to 150,000 times a week. And I've attracted hundreds of um, investors. I've raised capital from LinkedIn. Um, and it really goes to show the power of building on the internet and everything that it can do for your brand. Because I truly believe that like the internet is an asset that's like not going anywhere. Like the internet is not going to go out of style like next week or something like that. Like we as investors and entrepreneurs really in general, have to be able to grow on the platform to connect with the next generation of investors. And um, yeah, that was, that was kind of long-winded, but kind of tried to hit some of the real estate stuff, some of the writing stuff. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to you, Jason, whatever you want to hit on, deep dive in, and where you want to go first. Yeah, well, congratulations on uh, getting those deals closed. It, it you know, I don't think it, there, it, it's not a secret to those of us in the industry as to, you know, kind of, uh, the challenges behind finding deals right now and and being, um, as you said, you know, sort of really sticking true to your your values and principles on your underwriting and and not not stretching um, just with with the uh, volatility in the market and and things like that. Um, and we can we can definitely you know kind of talk about that. And then we'll, we'll talk about the LinkedIn thing too. I do want to touch on. Just you mentioned, you know, so RV and boat storage. I, I want to touch mm -hmm. on that, Jesse, and just see, you know, kind of, I know you started in in student housing and and did that with your dad. And it, what what made you pivot or or I guess even, you know, kind of what do you find appealing about RV and boat storage is probably just a better way to. Yeah, I mean, this is such a great question. I love talking about this. So when we were in the student housing, like to paint the picture for people, it's a and we still are in it. It's still a portfolio we own today, but it's very time intensive. It's very maintenance intensive. Think college kids are partying. They're, you know, damaging the properties from time to time and whatnot. And really my mentality and what I pitched to my father was like, how can we make a pivot to a more passive investment? 
that has just as, if not higher returns than something like student housing does. And that's how we found storage. And then within storage, we found the niche of boat and RV storage. And when we began analyzing the macroeconomics between behind boat and RV storage, there were more boats and RVs bought in the last like COVID years, think like 2021 to 2023, if we just said those two years, or 2020 to 2022, if you want to use those years, there were more boats and RVs bought in those two years than like ever before in history. And several uh, factors causing that people um, want to do more socially distanced activities, they're leaving the cities, they're going out and they're camping, they're boating, they're doing things like that. And then also you have this baby boomer generation that's retiring right now thousands of people a day are retiring. What are people doing? They're buying the toys. You know, they've got that bump of cash or they have, you know, whatever. They want to be able to go out with the grandkids and out in the RV and and boat and stuff like that. So boat and RVs are massive right now. There's more boat and RVs than there are enough facilities to house them. Um, you have homeowners associations all over this country beginning to outlaw boats and RVs in the driveways, which is great for storage operators like myself and you. Um, there are so many macroeconomic driving factors for boat and RV storage, and I think we're going to continue to see that at least for the next you know decade or so as these people continue to retire. The baby generation, um, you know, continues to enter the retirement age. It's it's amazing. It's massive. I mean, at our facility right now, um, the demand is just insane. It's crazy. I don't have enough space for everybody who wants into the facility. And um, I think people are really going to continue to see that and, and see that all over you know the country right now. So, yeah, uh, it's it is, uh, you know, sometimes I think it's maybe a little bit counterintuitive in terms of, you know, what what asset classes we say are, you know, recession resistant and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and you think about, you know, I think on the surface, you might think boat and RV storage would not necessarily be recession resistant because I think, you know, the, the, the thought process might be, oh, well, in a recession, we don't have expendable income. And so I'm mm -hmm. not going to have a boat or I'm not going to have an RV. But what what gets missed a lot of times in those those you know in that line of thinking is one like if you, you may already have one right so as you, it's if you're you already have one and your HOA says hey you can't keep this here which was a, a great point to bring up it's like mm -hmm. people aren't just going to you know get rid of them because they uh because that there needs to be a solution to that problem but also you know you mentioned the COVID years I, I think and I, and I actually think this from a all the way up to a government level is mm. we can't think about things the way that we used to, mm. right? Like having, yeah. having had the pandemic, having had, it, it's like the, the whole situation we go with the interest rates right now, it's like, we're just, you know, the, the government says we're going to, we're going to raise interest rates until we fix inflation. And it's like, I don't feel like the set of scenarios that led up to this level of inflation have literally never happened before in history. And it's yeah. like, so trying to fix things, trying to fix problems the way that we used to fix a problem without looking at how we got to that problem is, I think is a mistake. And so I think my, my get tangent here, but, but my point being, I think the way you're looking at, you know, boat and RV storage is maybe different than what the way you would have looked at boat and RV storage five years ago or something like that. So it's just, it's being adaptable and, and sort of 
knowing what the current times hold and and what the what the current situation is is you know sort of where it's leading us and in reality housing in general whether you're renting or purchasing or it's it's extremely expensive um and continues to get expensive so there's there's people from an rv standpoint that that might actually be a cost savings to them to to have an rv so it's um yeah it's just looking at things you know kind of at the it, it it the point being you know sort of stay current and uh address problems with that you're currently facing not you know what they looked like five years ago or something like that um sorry for that tangent on the that was on good. interest that was good. um so the uh the, the boat storage that all of that now you correct me if i'm wrong you were sort of gone from linkedin for about six months right like you took a, you took a hiatus and then kind of came i mean as a as an observer as a, a consumer of your content came back with a vengeance i mean it your I, I didn't know that writing was you know sort of a passion of yours prior to this but you you're very very good at it i mean frankly it it your posts are engaging they're interesting they're uh the, the content is is valuable did you what did you do to sort of i mean what what was that switch? What what made you decide, okay, like, this is the way I want to go. I want to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to like really hit it hard. How how did that all come to fruition? Yeah. And, and just to give even like bigger picture, like value to like your listeners, because I'm sure there's people out there that are like, oh, I, I can't, you know, write or I can't write on social media or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. I will raise my hand and tell everybody I was the worst writer in the world, like in college. When I think back to like high school, college, I hated like English class and stuff like that. And I was like the worst writer in the world. I was terrible. And um I still consider myself today like mildly average compared to like some of my colleagues who are like literature majors in like college and stuff. But, um, you know, I think when it came to why LinkedIn and like just developing my writing habits over the years, I I began to fall in love um, with writing probably post-college when I started taking like I started writing down my goals and like journaling more like every single day. And I was like, oh, this is actually super like therapeutic when I actually like want to do it and invest the time to do it and whatnot. So like that kind of planted the seed of like why I wanted to start writing more. And then when I found the platform of LinkedIn, I compare it almost to finding something like when I look at investing in mobile home parks, like there's like that stigma of like, Hey, like nobody invests in or trailer parks or something like that. Or it's kind of like that niche type asset. We're on LinkedIn, like even 12, six to 12 months ago, there was like, no creators on LinkedIn, like putting out content, people were like posting resumes and like networking to find work and stuff like that. So again, I found that like niche of like, Hey, no one's really writing on this platform. Even in like the real estate world, no one's really writing on this platform, consistently providing content to these people. And I would, I would tell anybody that our avatar is on LinkedIn. There's a lot of equity and high net worth individuals on LinkedIn. Like I don't have time to go to real estate meetups in Seattle like every single night to like network and meet with people. But I can write a post on LinkedIn this morning that's going to get viewed 20,000 times by multiple accredited investors. And like I saw that switch and I was like, whoa, that's really cool. I should probably go all in on this. I don't see anybody else really going all in. I, I know there are other creators and we can mention those people throughout this episode. I mean, I'm huge fans of our colleagues and whatnot who are who are on LinkedIn. Um, 
But really, it was just that um, observation of like, hey, there's not a whole lot of real estate people doing this. I remember the first DM I got of like, Jesse, this is so amazing. I never knew I could passively invest in real estate. Like, please, let's connect on a call as soon as possible. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Because so many things, Jason, when we look at things, we're like, we we eat, breathe, sleep, live, like syndication, real estate world. And we think everybody, we start to live in a vacuum where we think everybody knows that you can passively own in real estate. But I'm telling you that like 90% of LinkedIn still thinks the only way to like invest in real estate is to be a landlord of like a single family home. Like right. it's, it's crazy and it's so powerful. So that was kind of the reason, um, that's kind of how my writing journey started. I went from a terrible, awful, atrocious writer in like high school and college to like a very average writer now on my way to being a better writer. But, and then kind of how I observed and kind of made that decision on why LinkedIn is such a powerful platform. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, there, and there are, there are, it's very obvious now, and, and maybe, I guess we, we could mention specifically, um, Yona Weiss, because he, the reason, I mean, in large part, why this has become a big sort of focus of mine in the sense that I, I, I really want to know more and more about it, and I kind of um, try and become, look at LinkedIn a little bit closer, but Yona does a, a challenge. I'm sure there are probably other challenges, but Yona does a challenge periodically. I'm not even sure exactly how, like twice a year, once. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know exactly how frequent it is, but basically puts on this, you know, this two week challenge that, um, you know, you and I were a part of here. I think you've done it before, right? This was not your first time. I've done it like seven or eight times. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, so, you know, th this was my first time doing the challenge. I've seen, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a lot of the same people in the real estate space. But, um, you know, essentially the, the rules of the challenge for the listeners are you have to post on LinkedIn every day uh, for two weeks. And basically um, the idea is to sort of get your post to um, 18 likes and 18 comments each each post, like in, in the day. And you have to do that by being engaging and you, and you, you know, we sort of help each other out other people in the, in the, in the group and everything like that, as far as going to their posts. But it was very, it was, it was a cool thing to do and very powerful. But what I really loved about it was just seeing the people like yourself and Yona and like Amy Silvis is another one that comes to mind. There, there's a lot of people. A huge Amy fan. Sure yep. Yeah, I'm sure I'm leaving some of them out. But like those of you that are doing it well and doing it right, it, it's like it would take me all day to get to 18 likes and 18 <laughs> comments. And then I'd see like, you know, Yona would post or Amy or you, you guys post. And it's like not even 30 minutes later, yeah, yeah. you're well past those numbers. And it, it's, I, I think, What's kind of interesting is one thing I would point out is, and you sort of touched on this, like you really dug in about six or nine months ago, right? It, it's not like, mm -hmm. it's not like you've been, you know, hitting LinkedIn hard for 10 years, right? So no. it's, it, and, and your, your reach has grown tremendously in that time. So it's, I think your point about, you know, it's an underutilized platform and, the opportunity is really there. Like, like you just have to, I guess, kind of do it right. And I, and I know with, with every social media platform that they have their algorithms and there are certain things, what did you do? I guess 
what did you do to kind of get yourself started to ramp up and and like what is some what are some of your strategies i don't want you to give away every secret that you have jesse but like i just for people listening that that want to it doesn't even necessarily have to be in real estate but they just want to you know kind of expand their reach on linkedin it seems to be in in my observation it seems to be different than the other social media platforms mm-hmm. the other ones i think they're all different but like not that different right like instagram created reels to be more like tiktok and like like there's they all have their sort of things there are new uh, even new social media platforms coming out now i think one of them's called lemons or something like that but like there's new ones that are essentially carbon copies of the other yeah. ones they all, they all are about the same like but then linkedin is one and twitter's another i mean twitter is 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 its own kind of entity as well um i don't know if you use twitter a lot i'm not i I don't use a lot but um talk about you know kind of what it is about linkedin that that you what you use within linkedin to to help grow that reach so i mean quickly very quickly you did that yeah and and i would tell a lot of people i don't know statistically which platform like if we racked and stacked linkedin um i I assume facebook is the biggest or twitter but linkedin i know for a fact has like 800 or 850 million like worldwide users which is like a really massive they're they're definitely like top three or top five largest platforms in the world so the reach on that platform is pretty uh incredibly powerful um i think there's a couple of key components that kind of helped me grow at the expedited rate that I saw in the last, you know, few months, six months, whatever, um, six to 12 months. I, I think there's a couple of important components. And when we look at how the LinkedIn algorithm works, it does work very differently from other platforms out there. When you post on LinkedIn, LinkedIn basically sends your post to, I'm making this up right now, about five to 10 people immediately. It, it, it does that. And if those five to 10 people all like and comment, then it sends it to another like 50 to 100 people. And then it continues to compound and compound and compound. So from a writer's perspective, there's several like analytical aspects that you have to analyze to put into that to help your post grow each day and get seen by more and more people. One of those things is like our posting every day at the same exact time. I post every morning at 5.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific and I do that and immediately it gets sent to like the same like 10, you know, 5, 10, 15 people, whatever in that first wave. And those people who I've built relationships over time by like commenting on their posts and whatnot, um, always like, you know, six days out of seven, like, like, and comment my post. Honestly, like the first 20 people are literally the same, like 20 people almost every single day. And what that does to the algorithm is on a consistent daily basis, it takes it from that 20 people and blasts it to the 200 people. And then as, you know, it continues to grow and grow and grow, um, it gets sent to more and more people. So I think that's something that a lot of people get wrong. And it starts so easily of like picking the right time to post every single day. Like I see people who post at like nine o'clock on like the East Coast or something like that. And it's like, you know, think from an optimal perspective. I like posting in the morning. I think a lot of people spend time um, on social media or really probably LinkedIn in general in the morning. I've, you know, several people out there, um, you know, hit it in the morning. Maybe they get the kids on the bus and then they hit it real quick and stuff like that. So I think posting consistently in the morning on a daily basis is really powerful. And then I would say, 
the other main thing that I would bring up to people from a specific content perspective, how did that content like really kind of make that shift? And really it's not a magic like formula. I don't have any like wow secret here. I think what it was, was I identified the topics of what we're working. I would have a post, like I would have in the beginning, I would have like three posts hit like a thousand impressions or something like that. And then I would have a post hit like 10,000 impressions. And then I would take that one 10,000 impression post and I would turn it into 20 posts and I would tweak words here and there. And, and people who follow me on a consistent basis probably like see this. They're probably like, oh, Jesse just posted something similar to that like last week or two weeks ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's because that original post got viewed 10, 20, 30, 50, maybe even 100,000 times. So I just took that original post and I lightly tweaked it, maybe changed up the hook, changed up a few words here and there, made it a different you know, post, put a different picture with it, and then sent it back out to my network to continue to grow and um, continue to get viewed by more people. But you know, those are kind of the two big things, like the LinkedIn algorithm um, wants to see you posting consistently. Like if I, I still take like a few days off here and there, um, if I take a few days off, like my impressions are down when I come back. And that's something I think a lot of people struggle with is posting consistently. Um, and, uh, you know, that's probably the toughest battle when I think about yeah. it in general. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. I do. Yeah, I do think, I mean, posting consistently, it's, it's, it isn't, it isn't it's, right. So the, the, it is hard to come up. I think the hard part is, is like coming up. Well, the theoretically hard part to me is to come up with enough content, but mm. you just said something that I think I'm, you're going to say a lot of things in this that are valuable and you have, but this one might be <laughs> one of the most valuable things in that you're saying you're looking at what your, what posts do well and you're repurposing them. And mm. I just recently went to a conference last week um, and it was a, real estate, wealth building, social media conference. Um, Ryan Pineda put it on here in, in mm-hmm. uh, it was in Hollywood. So, um, but there was a lot of, uh, a lot of the speakers were, were in, in regards to uh, social media. And so one of the guys was talking and he was really talking mainly about Instagram, but had a mm-hmm. similar sentence sentiment. He said that he will take the same reel right? Like the, whatever, he wasn't even saying, he wasn't saying I take the same video and put it on every <laughs> platform and see what, which some people have, have mentioned that as a good strategy, but he said, he'll take the same reel and he will change a few little things about it yep. and put it out there seven different times, right? Like seven different iterations of the same video. So the there, I think there's two things that hold people back. There's there's like you say, you know, post every day at 530 and and probably a lot of people are going to go, well, I'm not up every day at 530 or I don't you know what I don't I don't want to have to get up every day, you know, whatever it is, like some excuse as to why they can't do that. And the other one is, is I don't have enough to say to post every day. And so the reality is, is the, those are all, you know, kind of excuses or limiting beliefs or whatever you want to call them, because yeah. And, I, and and I'm not saying this like oh you guys listening are stupid I've not, I've had the same things I've said the same things to myself but the the reality is is like that's why I wanted to talk to you about that that's why I think that 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 comment is so valuable that you just said and what this guy said at the conference so valuable because it's like youth I th- I think at least for me like 
my thought process in a lot of ways was I need to, I needed to, I need to come out with a new piece of content that's super amazing and cool every single day. And I'm like, I'm not amazing and cool every day. Like that just doesn't <laughs> like, so what, what do I, how do I do that? And so I think, you know, if you look at the, the great um, content creators and, and, you know, like, like what you guys are doing on LinkedIn and, and um, you know, people like Gary V and stuff like that, like mm. everybody's just like, just, just post like, and, and Gary V always says not, you know, don't create document. So it's, it's literally just like, he's got a camera following him around all the time. And it's like, most of us don't have that, but like, if you truly want to create content and you want to do it for a specific reason, it's, it's actually like getting past those roadblocks. Isn't that hard? Like you can, you can repurpose the same content over and over again. There are automations that can help you post your posts at, it's like, mm -hmm. If you want to sleep in, you can still have a post go at 530 in the morning. Like that's not, it's not like an impossibility. Like we, we just have to leverage technology. I, I, that's my, I guess, long-winded answer to your question. I, I do think there are challenges to it, but they're not like, not that hard to overcome. Like it, it's just getting past the, like I've made all these excuses and the reality is, is I just need to do it. That's, that's the reason I just need to do it. I just need to create more of the content, whether that's, you know, writing in it, you, you mentioned, um, you know, that you, you didn't feel you were a great writer in uh, college. And I think that the funny thing is writing on social media is not, the, it's not the same, right? It's not, yeah, yeah. you're not writing like an essay on uh, some, you know, 16th century literature. It, it's just, <laughs> you're, you're writing about your life mostly, right? Like that's it. And, and I guess I'll, I'll lead that to a question. What do you write about? What do you, what do you find is the right, you know, I guess recipe for, for what to post about? Like obviously education, educating people on what you're doing in syndication and educating people on RV and boat storage, but like, it's not just that, right? Like if, if you just only posted like here are the statistics on RV and boat storage investing. Like that, that doesn't, it doesn't engage people like repeatedly. So what's your, what's your strategy or what's your thought process on like what to write about? Yeah. And, and just before I, I hop into that, the whole 5.30 AM thing, like you and I are both West coast. So I'm up at 5.30 anyways, because I'm still in the, I'm finishing up in the army here in the next year, but I thought I could hit all time zones, like being awake at that time and posting if it's 830 on the East Coast. So I would tell anybody, like, don't let the 530 intimidate you. It can just be I always tell people like, you know, sometime around 730 to 830 local time is like a good time to post where I think there's a lot of traction. But just to throw that out there quick. Um, but I think when it comes to what to post about specifically. And just to help people really quick overcome the limiting belief of uh, Jesse, and I get it so many times, and you already nailed it, Jesse, I don't know what to write about. Like I I can write one, one post a week, and that's probably it. But I will tell you right now that if you have done a deal, let's just say you have done a deal, you I could take 100 posts about that single deal and write out 100 posts for it. And you're like, how could I do that? You're like, there's so much content in that post. Think of like structuring the debt how you got the cash, how you did the due diligence. 
the day you closed, the day you transitioned when the earnest money went hard. Like I could literally sit here with a notepad, Jason, and I could write you out a hundred ideas about that one deal. So, which could be a hundred days worth of posts. And I think people like overthink it when they're like, Jesse, like, I don't know what to write about. Like my life isn't that like, yes, your life is exciting. All of our lives are exciting. Like it's 400 trillion to one that any of us are even sitting here right now. Like you have so much stuff to write about. You just got to sit down with a notepad and literally like it's elementary school and do a one hour brainstorming session. And I do that literally once a week all the time. Um, when it comes to like specifically the content and, and what to post, some of the things that do really, really well on LinkedIn is the tr- what I call the transformation style post. And for for me, I use the mentality of like, hey, broke college kid to seven figure real estate investor. Like those types of transformations are really they do really well. And I think you can educate people through them. You can show people like, hey, anybody can do this and and whatnot. But I think taking people almost through that hero's journey of walking them through like, Hey, here was the conflict in college. I had no financial literacy. I literally had no idea what to do. I wasn't a finance major or anything like that, you know? And then, Hey, I found the world of real estate. I slowly began investing. And then now at the age of 27, I'm, I'm financially free. Um, taking people through that transformation is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And you don't have to be, you know, uh, I don't want people to think you don't have to be, you know, dirt poor or like living on the street and now a millionaire to write that post. You can just be like, Hey, I, I found my first deal. I was, I went from active income to building a thousand dollars of passive income a month through real estate or something along those lines. It doesn't have to be a massive transformation. You know, other transformations that I think of are like health transformations. Like if it's physical health or mental health and how I went from where I was at to, to where I am now, um, I think there's so many powerful ways to get after that sentiment and to educate people that do really well. So I would, I would tell anybody that's listening right now, you know, sit down with a notepad, you know, look at an opportunity or a deal, or, or it could be really whatever, some type of transformation that you went through in your life and just start bulleting things out, you know, this idea, this idea, this idea, this idea, and then you can take each individual one and turn that into a post. And then the last thing that I would kind of captivate here, really what I think does really well on LinkedIn from a content style is that piece of short form. Like I think when I write a post, I'm like, how fast can I take people from the top to the bottom and get them to engage? Like my posts sometimes take me 30 seconds to write. They're really short stuff. And I want people to be able to read them in 15, 10, 15, 20 seconds, and then be ready to engage. Like you got to think like the busy mom, the busy dad out there, like they're rushing to work, or maybe they're doing some admin, you know, they got LinkedIn open with their email open before they start the day or something. I want them to be able to read the content, get through it as fast as possible, and then engage as soon as possible and move them on. So I I know that was a lot there, but that's kind of just some ideas of of kind of what I like writing about and, and what I see do really well. Yeah, no, I think those are those are great pieces of advice. And it's, <clears throat> I like your point about, you know, you, you, everybody does have something interesting to, you know, their, their, their lives are uh, interesting, exciting. And, and you, it, the thing is, is like, this is why, like, I mean, why, why do people watch reality, like, real, why did reality TV get so big? Because people are interested in just other people's lives. Like, it, it started out as like, you know 
simple stuff. I mean, it got like, it got so reality TV is, is sometimes not really reality, but like the idea is that people just like to know what other people are doing. And it, it's, you know, I've even had, I have, I've had guests come on here and, and they're like, well, what do I, you know, they, they don't know what they bring to the, like, like, why am I on this podcast? Like what, what, what's my, uh, what do you want to, what specific topic do you want me to talk about? What, what can I share with your audience? And I was like, the specific topic that I'm always like, the specific topic is you, you're it. <laughs> like no one yeah. else can come on this podcast and be Jesse Fuchsia or whatever, whoever the guest is like, no one else can come on here and be you. So just talk about you. And I would say it's fairly similar, like it, from a, from a social media standpoint, it's like your social media page is not you. And there are going to be people that don't like you and that's okay. There are going to be people in re real life that don't like you. It, But the reality is, is there's that that's probably going to be the minority, right? Like there are some very controversial people on social media that have huge followings. So it's like, you're just posting about your life. Like it, people are going to be interested and, in, and in, uh, you know, you, you provide them some value and engage with them. You know, it's, it's, that's going to go a long way. Um, I, I just think it, it's, and I, I say these things like I know what I'm talking about and I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about at all when it comes to social media, but I am really trying to learn and have that's why you know that's why we're talking about this today that's why um i'm i'm doing a ton of you know sort of research and talking to other people that that use the platforms um you know use them well use them uh advantageously and and it's so i i think it's it's just really cool to see and and it, i mean frankly like i enjoy your content i enjoy reading your posts i i, I think they are very um interesting and engaging and so it's like it's there's, it's not just, I'm not just on LinkedIn to see resumes as you sort of brought up early on. So um, I think it's cool. I think uh, I, I love seeing what you're doing. Um, Jesse, let me, I know I've asked you the questions uh, the first time you were on, but maybe some of these things have changed. So let me go ahead and, and get to ask you the questions that uh, I ask every guest. And the first one, of course, is is uh, based on the name of the show. But what is your why? Um, and maybe it's changed since the last time we talked. Yeah, I think um, my, and this is so powerful. And it's why I love this podcast. I think when I was on here two years ago or whenever it was, I think my why then was like, I can't remember if it was like cash flow, you know, $20,000 a month or 10,000 or whatever, some, some quantifiable standard. But really what my why is transitioned to is away from that quantifiable, like monthly cash flow standard to like a more lifestyle design standard of like, Hey, you know, I, 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 um, I just don't want to wake up on an alarm if I don't have to. Like, I love traveling. When my wife and I moved up here to Seattle a year ago, um, we moved up here from the East Coast and we took like a two month uh, basically journey where we hit like 20 national parks over the course of two months on our way up here. And it was just like so amazing and beautiful how like incredible this country is and how beautiful like this earth is and whatnot. And I think finding that why of like, hey, I just want to wake up and be with the people I love and do what I want to do every single day as opposed to, hey, I want to cash flow this much amount or I want to own this much real estate or something like that. So I think really my why now is just this lifestyle design of waking up whenever I want, doing whatever I want with the people I love and um, 
you know, that's something I wish I discovered sooner in um, this journey in my life. But I, I'm so glad that I figured it out now that really when your why is about more than numbers in a bank account or zeros or commas or whatever, it becomes so much more powerful and so much easier to chase and implement, especially when things are challenging or difficult or something like that. Like when, in my opinion, when the why is just about money, it becomes so much more um, singular and maybe more difficult to, to track, to chase, to pursue. Um, but when that why is about some type of higher lifestyle design, it's things like that, that when, you know, we're in these challenging times that keep me extremely motivated to continue to push. So I'm, I'm excited. It's like, I've never really reflected on that until you asked me that question, because it was like two years ago, the last time that I really thought about that. So I appreciate that. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that in, cause I had that, like, so, so many people when you're starting, you know, and, and I don't, you know, maybe it's in other fields as well, but so many people when you're starting into real estate, it's like, set your goals, quant, you know, quantify them, quantify, like, you yeah. want to have, you know, fig- so you can, so you can reverse engineer what you want your life, how, like you say what your life, you want your life to be so you can reverse engineer it. But like, the, it's, it's funny, because the easiest way to do that is to put a number to it. Mm-hmm. Right. The easiest way to to do that sort of reverse engineering style is say, OK, I want to make whatever it is, $10,000 a month of passive income. Therefore, at, you know, a 15 percent return, I need to have this much money. Like, yeah, so you can you can back it all down. It's actually a lot harder to say, I want my lifestyle to be this certain way, whatever it is. And it's like because because realistically a lot of people have never thought about they've never thought about what what would my life look like if it could look exactly like i want it to like i that is a question that i still struggle with like what what would my perfect life look like like the things you say like you know waking up every day when you want to with the people you love sure that's that's a hundred percent true but like what does that actually look like Right. Like what, what is like, if, if I literally didn't have to work at all, what would I do with my days? Because I actually like working. So it's like, it is kind of a funny thing. Like when I left my W2, it was, it was a little weird. It was like, oh, I don't actually have anyone telling me what I have to do anymore. And like, it's amazing. But at the same time, when you've been doing that your whole life and having like a big part of your, I, I actually think like, we talk about, you know, W2 is another tangent, but we talk about like W2 jobs as being that sort of golden handcuffs. And, and, you know, the goal is to get to not have to work that, but like, I think a lot of people stick in a W2, not because so much of the golden handcuffs, but structure is comforting, Mm. right? Like structure is comforting to a lot of people and to have that structure created for you somehow is almost like reassuring even though you know maybe we're fooling ourselves that those w2s are safe i i I reckon but i do think that structure put in place by someone else structure in general i think is comforting like nobody wants to live in chaos um but i think when you have that put in place for you uh some people it's almost like you 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 need it or you, you you know you know you don't necessarily need it but but it's what you're used to. So I think that there's, um, it's, it's, 
a lot of times just bigger than than money. Like all of it's bigger than money. You, you know, you just talked about your why. It's it's bigger than money. But um, it's just something that I that I feel like I've I sort of came to that realization when when I left W two and I was kind of like it took me time to be comfortable not having someone tell me like when I had to be somewhere it's like oh I get I get to do this so it's, <laughs> it's a great feeling but at the same time it's like not it's not what most people are used to um Jesse tell us I you know I asked you this before something tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge um or, or even just you know tell us something about uh you know life recently what's what's going on how how are are uh how are things on the personal level? Just let people um, know you a little bit better. Yeah, I, I think on a personal level, things are going, you know, better than I could ever have um, imagined. I think that, and there's a couple of reasons why I think that's kind of happened. It's really because I've shifted my mindset from a, uh, you know, from this scarce style of of thinking of like, you know, I think a lot of people came into 2023 and there's so much like, anxiety on people's minds that might be the best word for it um on a daily basis when it comes to you know layoffs are increasing unemployment they're the jobs real estate uh values you know returns and whatnot and i think my mentality and and a month i would probably say like last year when you know rates were increasing at like 75 pips every single month which had never been done in in america you know world history which is insane but i think i began to get like super like anxious of like oh my gosh like am i gonna be able to hit returns for investors like um and it started to like eat me alive a little bit honestly i would be thinking about it every day it'd be the last thing i'd think about at night it'd be the first thing i think about in the morning and then slowly i just kind of made this pivot probably earlier this year maybe like 90 days ago or so where it was like you know we found really good deals um, we analyze really good deals. Um, we're still getting great returns for our investors. You know, nothing is ever going to go 100% to plan. Okay. Nobody knew we would be in this situation and whatnot, but we have a great group of investors who, you know, love everything that we're doing and, and believe in us and whatnot. And, and when I finally made that mindset shift of like, Hey, everything's going to be okay you know, everything is going to be okay. Like we're, we, we found phenomenal deals that are performing really well. You know, it, I think what I did was I made that shift of like, I can't control what Jay Powell thinks and what he does. Jay Powell says one sentence and the market swings like 500 bips in either, right. either way. Um, it's insane, incredible power that for one man to have, in my opinion. Um <laughs> So, so I, I just said, you know, I, I became, and one other thing I became so obsessed and I know this, this past week I was like, again, not a good habit, but every time a piece of inflation data would come out, I'd read like 10 different articles on it and get 10 different perspectives on it. And I was doing that like every single week. And when I finally stopped doing that and stopped caring so much, things became so much more peaceful for me. And it's just like, listen, man, it, it, this is a cycle. It happens like the government printed trillions of dollars and flooded the system like and kept interest rates at zero for so long like there's nothing i can't control like what happens into that what i can control though is how we're doing due diligence how we're underwriting these deals are we predicting something insane like seven percent rent growth year on year or are we predicting you know two percent rent growth or 1.5 percent rent growth to incur for other things and stuff like that we were the guys last year underwriting for you know one to two percent rent growth each year 
um, which is why, you know, we're conservative and why we're still helping investors today get those returns. So, um, you know, I think it's something that every entrepreneur and every investor deals with when we go into these cycles, Jason. But I think when I finally made that mindset shift, I became so much more peaceful and, and happy, which has been really powerful for, for kind of some of my personal perspective here over the last month. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, um, I too, you know, sort of obsessed with it and I've, I've talked about it on the podcast and, and, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I got caught in a deal as those interest rates were shooting up, you know, mm -hmm. 75 bips every month and that deal fell through, had a big loss, uh, personally, financially, personally, because of that, on that earnest money deposit. And so, I mean, I did, I spent like months <laughs> in that yeah. sort of, uh, you know, darkness of, oh man, it's all falling apart. The, the, the wheels have come off. And, um, but the, the reality is, is that, as you said, like the market goes through cycles, do, you know, do I wish, I, I don't know, you know, a few years ago, people were able to provide their investors with, you know, 30, 40% IRR, because that's what the market was doing. And now we're not going to hit 30 and 40%. Like that's just not going to happen anymore. But but we're still providing better returns in real estate uh, than a loss of, you know, 20, 30% in your stock portfolio, or even just the money being eaten up by inflation that's just sitting in your bank account. Like there's so many, we're still providing great opportunities uh even despite you know kind of what's going on and so it's kind of like you have to change as you said like change your mindset put it in a new perspective as to what what are we doing and we just we stick to the conservative underwriting we stick to our values we're, we're not we're you know at, we're not going to do a lot of deals right now until unless mm -hmm. prices come down or rates come down or whatever you know there's going to be some things have to shift so it is just just adapting and and getting um comfortable. I was I was listening to a podcast the other day um with uh Layla Hermosi and I think she puts out a really a lot of really great business content. And but she was just talking about how much of your much of the anxiety of you know CEOs and entrepreneurs and things like that can be eliminated just by realizing that every problem that hap happens does not have to have a solution there are just going to be problems right that's mm -hmm. what business is that's what entrepreneurs and and people much you know sort of higher up in the in the business world and their wealth building world than me they have bigger problems and they that's you know that's i've heard people say like uh you know billionaires they just have bigger problems right so and it's true you you to get to that point you it's not you're not sitting on a pile of money it means you have a bunch of businesses or you have a bunch of investments and things like that so there's just you have problems but you don't have to sort of approach every single one as if it needs a solution right now right like you need to figure out where the where the real problems that matter uh to put your energy are and and i think it's it that listening to that and hearing someone who's who's created a lot in the in the business world um was helpful for me in that mindset shift. Don't get me wrong. I still get, still get stressed out about things all me the too, time, yeah. but it's, <laughs> but yeah, re reframing the way you look at it is, is important. Um, Jesse, let's uh, remind everyone how they can get a hold of you. We obviously talked a lot about LinkedIn, so I'm sure that's, that's a good place. <laughs> yeah. I, I would honestly say LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, 
uh, we'll put a link. I can send you a link to my uh, profile and just put it in the in the show notes or anything. But yeah, um, you know, I would love anyone to reach out to me if it's if it's you know growing on LinkedIn related, if it's real estate related, whatever. If it's just someone in the military out there trying to connect, like please send me a DM. I do um, get a lot, and I try to get back to everyone. I'm not super responsive. Um, I'm working on it, but um, send me a DM, tell me, you know, you heard me on this podcast or whatever, and, and I'll hit you back and help you in any way I can. You know, I, I love, I I've seen what the power of LinkedIn and real estate can do for people. I'm going to continue to leverage this platform. And my goal is to help other people do it too. So shoot me a DM, let me know you heard me and, and let's connect and, and, you know, I'll add whatever value I can to you. So. Cool. Cool. Um, last question for you, Jesse, what, what piece of advice would you give people uh, and you can apply it however you want, you know, kind of getting mm -hmm. started uh, in real estate or or even, you know, kind of wanting to grow their platform on, on LinkedIn. What, what would you, what, what would you leave us with? Yeah, I think everybody, whether it's real estate, whether it's growing on social media or whatever, goes through that initial like punch in the face time period that I call of like zero traction. We're like, we say zero to one is the hardest part for real estate or we you know, say whatever for LinkedIn, hey, your first six months, you might get a thousand impressions a week or something like that. Um, I would tell anybody, if you can just get through that initial, and I'm calling it the punch in the face period or whatever you want to call it. If you can just weather the storm for a couple, if it's three months, six months, maybe even 12 months, you know, for my first commercial real estate deal, it took me 12 months. Um, put yourself in the mindset of get long-term of like, hey, this journey might take 12 months for me to get out there and gain serious traction. But now that I'm on the other side of that and I've co-GP deals, I've done larger real estate deals, I'm getting, you know, 50, 100,000 impressions on LinkedIn a week. It's like, man, I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, quit back when it was like insanely challenging. So for, for anyone out there, if you're going through it, we all go through it. Everyone's gone through it. You're not the only one. It's easy to feel like this is only happening to me. It's 100% not. There was a time on LinkedIn where my stuff was getting viewed 200 times a day. Uh, and now, you know, I've had posts get viewed 200,000 times. So it's it's powerful. It's possible. Keep going and, and don't quit in that, you know, get punched in the face period. Yeah. And it, it is, uh, I can attest to ha having known you now for these two years, like I've seen it. I've seen your your explosion on LinkedIn and, and say explosion. It was, it, it was work. You put in work, you put in work over time, but it, it wasn't, you know, you weren't at that level in the beginning and, and you've, you, you put in a lot to get there. So um, it, yeah, I think it, you're right. Yeah. That punch in the face period is can apply to a lot, <laughs> a lot of situations. <laughs> um, well, Jesse, thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for, for coming back to the show. It's always, always a pleasure to talk to you and um, kind of, pick your brain on, on what you're up to. And, and thank you for all that you shared. Uh, I think people can listen to this and get a ton of really valuable um, advice, advice on uh, using LinkedIn and, and kind of what, what works and, and how they can grow their, their platform as well. Yeah, Jason, I, I hit it on the begin. I hit it in the beginning when I look at, um, by the way, what episode, what's like the latest number episode you're on? I don't even know off the top of my head. Uh, uh, we're, we're at about, I don't even know what the top of my head. Oh, 190 about, something. We have 190. I mean, we're, yeah, we're over we're over 200 um 
recorded recorded yeah so yeah um i actually have something i mean this this will come out after that but we we have something i have a really special one for the that i'm super excited about for 200 um but yeah we're we're, we're over uh when this comes out this is probably going to be like if i had to guess somewhere around 210 210 yeah when i look at episode 5 to episode 210 like the amount of knowledge that you have given people out there like Jason, you've helped people like probably get through some of the most challenging times of their lives. And you've probably helped thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people out there through this platform, brother. So just to be a part of your journey too, like I'm a dude, episode five and now episode two, you know, whatever. It's just so powerful, man. And I'm just so privileged to be here with you. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I truly hope, I hope you're right. I hope that it has helped people. I mean, that's really... That was the whole point. So I, I do hope that it has helped people and people have, I, I feel very, very fortunate to have had uh, the guests that I have had, yourself included. I'm, I don't I don't look at, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, you've had, you know, big name. Yeah, and I guess, yes, we, we've had some, some big names on there, but I don't, I honestly don't look at it as if like one guest, is, <laughs> excuse me, is, is more important than another guest. I think everybody just has their own, um, their own story to tell. And uh, some people's stories are longer or louder than others. And that's it. It's just, it's, it's, some it's, uh, it's, it's just super cool. It's been, it's been, it's been awesome. I, I really do enjoy it. And, uh, and thank you for the kind words. And with that, uh, people listening, uh, really do want more and more people to get to hear the show, please like rate and review uh again not an algorithm expert but my understanding is that those reviews are what really really help um grow the show so um i know you're gonna love what jesse had to say today i think uh it's been incredibly valuable so um to help us get that message out to more people uh please go ahead and like rate and review the show and jesse thank you again so much for coming on today yeah jason privilege brother i love everything you're doing and it's just awesome to be part of your community so thanks again I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.